Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, this being episode 827 of Big MX Radio. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. This podcast is brought to you by Fox Racing Canada, as well as Guts Racing Seats and Seat Covers, as well as Throttle Timepieces. Those things are awesome. You need to get one. Go to ThrottleTimepieces.com today. With us on the line, someone who's actually done some traveling recently. Most people listening to this probably haven't even left their house in the last little while. But this girl not only left the country, but left the continent to go uh, represent Canada. We're going to talk to her about it. She's been on the podcast before, so she's a repeat offender. You know who it is. Danica White. Danica, how's it going? Hello. Thanks for having me. Of course, Neeks, we got to have you on. You bring up way too much energy and uh, and way too much knowledge to only have you on the one time. Plus, uh, it's in your contract that uh, we have you on every, at least every six months. So uh, it, it's it's about that time and, uh, and a great time to have you on the show. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, no, I definitely have done some traveling this year. It's funny that you like say it that way because, yeah, I've never been I've never been out of North America and then during COVID when nobody's allowed to travel, then I get to see the like other part of the world. So yeah, it was, it was amazing. Amazing summer so far. Perfect. Perfect. Well, that is absolutely awesome. Uh, great to hear you. Great to like, literally I can, I can hear the smile behind those words. Uh, you're just absolutely beaming about the summer that you've had. So give us a rundown. Um, obviously, uh, you've had some really cool events and, uh, so, so walk us through it. Yeah, for sure. So I was invited out by Cake. It's an electric like motorbike company out of Sweden to come and race. Um, it's called like the Cake World Race. And it was out in Sweden. It's uh, It was at Gotland. So at Gotland Ring, which is like a fully sustainable, I think the world's first sustainable like road race course. Cool. So yeah, so Cake ended up inviting like six pro riders from all around the world, but all different disciplines to debut and race and test these electric bikes. And yeah, that was that was the main reason for heading out there. And yeah, they they flew us all out and we got to test and ride and race. And yeah, it ended up being like a FIM race. So whoever won and got like a FIM electric bike champion i guess yeah it was pretty rad no doubt like how did you get connected with a company like this i've seen them on linkedin before uh they, they share some really really cool looking stuff and and the bikes look really interesting what were they like to ride how would you compare it is it is it closer to a motocross bike or is it closer to uh an electric um uh downhill bike well, totally. So they ended up reaching out to me through Instagram. And at first, like, no I, like I didn't even like, yeah, I didn't even consider it like being a thing. Like I, I just thought it'd be like, like a race in California next year or something. And then when I got all these details and like, it was a legit thing, like I was stoked. So yeah, they ended up getting us out to Sweden and the bikes themselves, like they almost, when you see it right off the bat, like it almost looks like a, like a super mini style size bike. But how it's kind of built is like the rider triangle feels like a full size bike when you're on it, but it's super light and playable. And then there's no foot control. So your brakes are on the handlebars, kind of like a mountain bike. And then how they set it up is like how like 
on a motorbike, your handlebars are like behind the center line of the fork. This one's like a mountain bike, so the handlebars are mounted on a stem. So it does definitely give that rider triangle like a Okay, I was going to say that's probably what opens up the rider triangle so that you're not feeling like your hands are in your lap like when you ride a super mini. Totally, yeah. So like looking at it, like you like would assume it's like a small bike and you would feel like kind of crammed. But on it, like it totally felt like a normal size bike. The power was like crazy. Like I would say power pickup would like feel like a 250F. Like it's all there. It's not lagging. I would say like for the best place to kind of ride it would be like a like a tighter course, kind of like dirt BMX style course. So then you can really have that like fast pickup. And on the bike itself, there's like three power levels. So you can go like three would be the fastest, two, one, it would just slow it down. And then there's also engine brake options too. So you can have like none, so it'd feel like a mountain bike. Then you'd have two stroke and four stroke. So I really? ran on like, yeah. That's it was so neat. Cool. Yeah. So it was like super smart when you like think about it that way. Cause um, the guy that won was Seth Stevens and he's a like mountain bike racer. So he was always running it on like, kind of like the mountain bike style mode. And then I'm running it on two strokes. So everyone kind of got to like dial the bike in a bit for themselves, but that's it. Like that's all you could change. So every rider, they would just roll up a bike. And that's all you could change. So it's pretty cool. Like you weren't like screwing with suspension. You weren't changing anything else other than how fast you want it to pick up and what type of engine brake you want on it. That is very, very neat. And and, and you, you said like like the power plant similar to like a 250F. Uh, so you're able to like maintain that momentum, make it up over all, all the jumps. Um what about uh, just the experience of riding the damn thing and not really having that like kind of audible, um, like you, we, we ride with our ears a lot, sort of listening to what the engine needs, not being able to have that and having a very linear power, which is what um, electronic, like electric uh, motors create. Uh, what, what was that like for you? And like, was there an, an adjustment to that as, as well as I assume that you probably grabbed uh, a fistful of front or back brake without realizing it? <laughs> oh yeah, that was like, well, the worst part about no sound is I'm like screaming no footed, like going through the whoop and literally everyone can hear you. You are not covering that up. <laughs> yeah, you can't hide noises. nothing. You're like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Literally, yeah, so you can just hear me, like, just yelling from, yeah, so that part, I was laughing so hard at, and then the sound part, I, like, I kind of thought it was, the cool part would be, like, how we have hockey games, and then we have lacrosse games, right, like, two pretty different from each other's sports, but relatable, where, like, the lacrosse game is quiet, but they're, like, playing music and it's kind of more like a experience where I feel like that's what like an e-bike race could kind of turn into because we're like there they're playing music everyone's talking you can talk over the bikes so like it was a very it would be like a really good environment for somebody that's not into motorsports or grew up around it that they could go in and experience this event and like maybe be like hey like I want to I want to try a bike like they could have no experience at all and just not be like kind of scared off by it right for sure like it's a very welcoming you don't have that uh, like to us maybe it's music to other people it's noise uh the sound of uh two strokes and four strokes ripping uh around a motocross track um but uh very very interesting and uh, i've actually been looking to try and get the uh the owner and ceo 
uh, on the podcast to maybe uh, explain things a little bit more detail. But uh, great to see uh, someone from Canada going over there and um, and and just like representing. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure you did quite well. It was like, how did the race going? For, how did the race go for you? <laughs> yeah, I I actually didn't do the best. I I got 16, which was technically last. But okay. Man, it was so top much fun. twenty. So yeah, exactly. Sixteenth in the world, right? That's all anyone's got to know. Hey, absolutely. But, <laughs> yeah, no, it was so rad. Especially just like there was sixteen athletes that showed up from all different countries, and like they all spoke English very well, and it was just great. Like right when we all met, it was just instant connection. Like again, kind of how we said last time, just like motorcycles is that language that when you ride one, you can relate, right? So everyone, it was very, like, not, like, it was competitive, but everyone got along, everyone stoked for each other, and, like, you get to hear all these people's, like, rad stories from all around the world. Like, the thing that I can take the most from it is just, like, these people that we have all these connections with, and now you can, like, see them, and they're competing back in, like, Italy and Iceland and Germany, and you can you're just stoked for them. Like you've met this person and they have the same ideals and they're just stoked on Moto, right? For sure. It's, it's that universal language of, of just, it's, it's no different than you don't know people when you go to the track, but you're always like when you're on your way out, you give people a wave, you give people a nod of that, just that mutual respect for, uh, everyone's out here risking it for, for a plastic trophy and entering their wallets, uh, just for the ex- experience uh, of two wheel exhilaration. So safe to say this is something you do again. Oh my God. Yeah. If I, if I got an invite out for this or anyone does like the company, first of all, is so awesome. They have like the best crew behind them. They treated us all like rock stars and just like they're, they were like family by the end of it. All the athletes were amazing. The area like Gotland was beautiful. Like, yeah, nothing bad to say about the whole thing. Like I was, I'm so fortunate to be able to experience this and travel to a different part of the world and ride bikes. Absolutely. It's amazing. Uh, they often say you can see the world from uh, from the seat of a motorcycle, and you're certainly proving that. Now, uh, you are um, a, sale, a sales rep regionally wise for uh, a great company in, uh, in Fox Racing Canada, uh, amazing company, an aspiring brand, some may say. Um, and they've been coming out with all kinds of great, great new products and sort of uh, rekindling a lot of those, like the 180 line, the 360 line, uh, and coming out with some cool looks. Also helps when uh, guys like Ken Roxon are uh, uh, are fighting for championships and going one one at Unadilla. Um, but uh, like, how have things been north of the border? I assume that supply chain stuff is still uh, a little bit backed up, uh, but a lot of positivity around the brand these days. Oh yeah, like. Definitely, like, everywhere is dealing with it with uh, delays or shortages or just trying to get items. But the positives is just more people riding bikes, like, especially, like, where, like, Calgary area. I've never seen so many more new riders on bikes. So that's, like, the biggest difficulty is we've got all these new riders. So all the stores are just trying to get them kitted out and make sure they're ready to go. And everyone's been planning well. Like, they kind of look ahead now, like, all, all consumers kind of realize there's going to be like a bit of a delay with items but so far it's been great and yeah just positives is yeah the only thing that's kind of come out of this is more people are out trying to do stuff whether it's like 
picking up a new sport or doing it as a family, it's been pretty, pretty rad to see that. Absolutely. It has to be. And I, like, I, I got to imagine that you've been to, uh, uh, some exciting events, uh, although likely probably affected the schedule affected a little bit by COVID throughout this summer. Um, but what are some of the ride days? And, and I know you've been uh, uh, active with the Surf and Berms uh, stuff as well. Uh, clue us in on some of the things that you've been uh, dabbling with uh, all summer long. Yeah, for sure. So we've done uh, six Surf and Berms ladies rides. So they've all happened at Calgary just with like restrictions and stuff with not knowing how to plan and it's just it's, it's always worked out that's our home yeah, track we've got our basic girls that ride or kind of home base yeah <laughs> exactly yeah so we've done six of them and the last one we just finished up here last week and yeah we get a bunch of new ladies riders out every time like seriously anywhere from 50 to 70 girls show up whether they're off-road enduro never rode a bike so it's just such a it's just such a rad experience because all the ladies that are confident riding at the track show up and help and lead them around and then the others that are a little bit nervous to get out there everyone's very willing to help and yeah we had some great like like Husqvarna helped us out and they got us like track snacks for every ride just some like trackside refreshments and then we had giveaways and so it's just like a whole whole community type event just for people to come and and be a part of something right Absolutely, great to have some uh, some ladies out experiencing the, tra- the 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 exhilaration of riding. And you also mentioned that there was some track snacks, which is uh, ironic in in, in in its own wording. Uh, <laughs> I know. Right? I, I, I found I got I picked up on that immediately. I don't know if any of my listeners did, but that that to me is just comedy. Um, but uh, like like vibe with me if you will on this. Like honestly, like I absolutely love. Um, I loved teaching uh, when I was uh, when I used to be a ski instructor with with younger groups, as well as when I was a coach with the Canadian uh, the uh, provincial freestyle ski team. Uh, and same thing with a, I've ever shown someone how to race a motocross bike or ride one is is that like most of us learn to ride at an age where we're at least like coherent enough to uh, remember probably what those early rides felt like and how you that the sport of motocross riding a motorcycle gets his claws into you and it doesn't let go. And, and there's a little bit of that like kind of aha moment where when somebody, you can literally see somebody else experience it and then you see their eyes light up and it's like, boom, I just saw the moment where that person, it's, there's no going back after that. And uh, that's just really cool to be able to be present in that moment and be able to share that with somebody. I think that's cool. Oh yeah, just goosebumps, right? Like it's one of those, yeah, you can't replace that feeling and being able to help somebody out and get confident to the point of trying that. And that's kind of where like these like electric bikes could even come into play, like not having to teach somebody a clutch and no sound. So you can actually just like talk to somebody at like a, a low decibel. So they don't think you're just yelling at them. Like it'll probably be good for like kind of nervous or riders that haven't experienced that like motorized feeling either. For sure, it could, maybe that little bridge, like you said, between uh, like riding a bicycle and a, a full-blown motocrosser, and uh, and Lord knows more than likely uh, the the electric thing is is what uh, uh, we will one day be racing on. Maybe a little bit further off into the future uh, than than most people would would admit, but but certainly will be there uh, with with all of it. Uh, uh, developing so quickly. I was reminded earlier this week that uh, aside from using a cassette tape, the only way that you could run without your music skipping 
was 1999. That's not that long ago. Oh, my God. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the invention of the MP3 uh, was only invented in 1999. Like, that's, that's, it seems like we've been uh, having our phones in our pockets and listening to Spotify forever in four days. But uh, it, it was only 2006 when I would go to Red River College with my Discman, and I'd be just pump, <laughs> pumping the tunes on whatever CD had about 20 songs on it. But uh, Oh, my uh, God, I know. I was going to say the Discman that, like, has, like, the upgrade so it doesn't Oh my yeah, God, I had the G Shock baby. That. I had the I had the Walkman, and it had like I still have it to this day. It had like an arm strap on or a hand strap, so you could run yes. and like you could change the song with your thumb. Yeah, and you're just running up and down your stairs like you're not actually out in the wild with this thing. Oh exactly. No, God, yeah, you're not even going anywhere with it. It's like <laughs> it's it, it was it was it was really really uh like that was high tech for us. But um, so awesome. speaking of high tech. Fox has a, a ton of amazing products, and uh, I, I wanted to give you an opportunity to sort of highlight one. That was one of the things that sort of uh, I gave you a little bit of homework. I know you don't like homework, but I gave you some to prepare for this particular podcast. Uh, one one uh, product from the Fox Racing line that uh, maybe jumps out at you a little bit, something that you might have some extra special knowledge about and uh, would want to share with our, uh, uh, my, our listeners today before I completely just like – like Irish goodbye, ninja dust, just <laughs> hang up on you before we call up the one and only Ryder McNabb just after this. Oh, yeah, that's understandable to hang up to talk to him. I, I get this, so we're good. Yeah, no, I would say I'm always ready, so yeah, no homework on my end, but they're just showing up. Like, we had some show up in Canada right now, so might as well talk about the, like, pinnacle helmet, like, it would be our Fox V3 RS and RS stands for race spec. And this would be a helmet. It's like, it's changed so much, even just in the last four years, like when I started wearing the helmet. So now like it actually has, it went from fluid to MIP. So it's got the multi-directional like impact protection system in it. So concussion management and your EPS is like a Verizord EPS. And if you're ever in like one of your local dealers, definitely like peel back the liner and just check at it. It's pretty cool. Like it's pretty wild. It's got low and high density impact beads all through the EPS that you can, you can see like their little black and white dots everywhere. And then, yeah, it's a, it's a multi-composite shell. So it's super light, uh, crazy venting. So if you're off-road and you heat up or like you're running like hot motos like the helmet great for venting uh just definitely it gets a bit chilly if you're doing winter riding but you can just throw like a balaclava under it and it still works great but the fit dialed in after the past like three seasons as well too so yeah i know i'd recommend if somebody's looking for a helmet to try try that guy on like i i've I loved mine and waiting on a new thick colorway coming out Fair enough. Like, just, uh, uh, I, I absolutely love how, how Canadian you are sometimes, Neeks. Like, just <laughs> 10 out of 10 would recommend. If it's a little cold outside, just throw a, just throw a balaclava <laughs> under there. You're good to go. Like, don't even worry about it. Grab yourself a double-double and get after it. Like, Jesus, oh, girl. Oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> you just, you, you speak Shit. my language, and that's why we have you on the podcast. Uh, and that's why you're a repeat offender. Um, Danica White on the Big MX Radio podcast, a Fox Racing rep, someone who, if, if, you, if you're on social media, 
Uh, Danica is one of the best resources to bounce ideas off of, whether it's sizing, whether it's picking the right product. You could pick her brain, and uh, I, I, I know with good uh, with good good source that if you uh, direct message her or get in her comment section, I don't know if she's ever. Uh, like missed getting back to somebody extremely approachable and, and, and that's why we have you on the show girl no I appreciate it thank you so much yeah we gotta do this again soon we can't just wait winter to winter to keep doing this <laughs> no absolutely I think we're gonna have to re revisit that contract and maybe have you on a, maybe like a monthly basis or something along those lines because you're just way too damn fun um, oh heck yeah but absolutely, uh, tons of fun to chat with you. Thank you so much for making some time today. Do not hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to throw it to commercial right now. And we're back. Big MX Radio Podcast, still brought to you by Fox Racing, as well as gut seat covers and throttle timepieces watches. Uh, with us on the line, a kid who probably needs a throttle timepieces watch, and when I see him next time, I'll have one for him um, for to put on his wrist. It's probably a small one at that because he's still, I don't. Th I think he just had a birthday, if not yesterday, the day before. Um, pr still pretty young, uh, both in reality and young at heart. I remember this kid racing on 50s locally, 65s, and uh, I remember telling his dad, Six years ago, maybe seven years ago now, when you were still racing on on uh, 65s, I looked at him and be like, "Amazing to think that six year, five years from now, he's gonna he's gonna have his pro debut." And uh, that 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 it sunk in that moment that uh, it was gonna come fast and it was gonna um, it was gonna be awesome when it gets here. Uh, a Manitoban, someone who uh, something we haven't had for a long time, someone who's uh, doing this province proud at the nationals by uh, putting it on top of the box. Uh, a great performance this last summer. Didn't get the championship, but uh, a, a valiant effort all the same. Um, a, a kid who I grew up, or I didn't grow up, which I watched grow up racing. Uh, and like I've, I've, yeah, I'll just do the intro now because I've been talking way too long. Ryder McNabb. Ryder, how's it going? Good, how are you? Dude, I'm doing awesome. I uh, I understand that uh, you got back to the roots this weekend out at uh, uh, the uh, Prairie Hill MX, a place where I've seen you do battles with uh, uh, some of the local fast kids on 80s. Uh, and, the, and now you're back on a 250F, uh, taking home some moto wins and, and doing your thing. Uh, what's it like getting back in the province and uh, after a pretty successful campaign racing the Canadian Nationals this uh, summer? Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, I got home a couple weeks ago, and then I went to Ferry Hummer and uh, just had some fun. Got to, uh, got to see a couple of my buddies and just had some fun. For sure. Now, like obviously, even when you were on some 65s and we were riding 80s, heading down to go ride in Bakersfield as well as uh, go ride at some of the other southern uh, uh, riding facilities, you were gone a lot and, and spend a lot of time uh, south. But you did spend a lot of time here and even with your parents hosting races, uh, whether it was local races or uh, a couple of Canadian nationals as well. Um, What's it like to kind of come back and, and, and see some people who probably haven't seen you in maybe 18 months to two years, race against some of those same people, realize how much faster you are now and how ridiculous that is? Um, yeah, like to walk, walk us through sort of uh, like coming back to uh, a scene that you uh, used to call home. I guess you still do. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's 
yeah, I still, I still call it home. It's, I haven't been here in like, uh, this is my first time being home since, uh, I think November last year. So it's been, it's been quite a while and, uh, just getting to see my buddies again is good. And I got to race with a couple of them, like, uh, Bryce Wage came down to do the nationals this year. So that was good. But just being home is awesome. Love how, staying with my grandma and grandpa, just, uh, helping out stuff like that. For sure. Great family. You guys have a phenomenal track out there in Minnedosa, which is, uh, for those who don't know, about an hour or two and a half hours, uh, depending on how fast you're driving, uh, from uh, from the, the, the province, provincial capital of Winnipeg. Um, and, um, yeah, you, you've raced and ridden out there for a long period of time as, as well. I think you guys do agriculture as well out there. You're, you're helping with harvest, I imagine, a little bit too, no? Yeah, we uh, when I got home we uh I hopped in and uh, now today I was just in the tractor, uh I can go in and uh weeds and so we just got um dirt back in a bit and have some fun. Fair enough. Are you you're currently driving right now, are you not? Uh, we pulled over on the side of the road. We, were, uh, we have our motorhome in Erickson, so we had to go get some clothes and food out of the way because it's uh, going to be in the shop a lot longer than it's not. Fair enough. I was going to say that your uh, your your reception's not perfect, but I also realize that you're probably out in the middle of nowhere right now. Uh, so hopefully the, the listeners will bear with us uh, as we uh, continue this conversation. Um, but like. What what I've always loved about uh, your program, and, and uh, obviously you you're, you're an extremely fast rider, uh, but so much humility that comes along with um, you racing a dirt bike, always lending a hand, helping with the local races that you guys have put on, the nationals you guys have put on, um, and, and just like just a like an extremely highly skilled and fast and aggressive kid, but also uh, like the the helmet comes off and. Like you're, 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 you're like a, a, a pretty, you, you got your head screwed on straight, which, which is really a refer, refreshing to hear and see, cause it's not always that way. Um, and, uh, so what do you attribute that the most to like, obviously having to, to do like take on a lot of the responsibility for your own racing program, uh, obviously like with, uh, with your dad not being able-bodied, uh, from when you were a pretty young, at a pretty young age, I'd imagine, uh, what was that like for you? And, uh, and does that contribute to you just, uh, kind of having a different, a little bit different perspective than most at your age? Yeah, no, for sure. My dad's been in a wheelchair, but I've also, I've have to help out and do a lot of my own bike work and help my brothers out too. And just, I just like hanging helping out and just having fun. Uh, like I, I help the triple crown, triple crown guys take and take down and set up all their tents and stuff like that. It's just, it's fun for me to hang out and help them out. For sure. Lending a helping hand. Now you talked about doing your, your own bike work and, uh, let, let's just dive straight into like the, the, the mechanic situation this last summer. Uh, and I guess it was the summer prior to that as well, working with Ryan, uh, or uh, yeah, Ryan Lockhart, um, the salty dog himself. I have a number nine Jersey proudly hanging up in my, my studio here. And, um, but like as far as spinning the wrenches, 
Uh, I probably leaves a little bit on the table. Maybe I don't know. Like, we're, like who who's a better mechanic, your, yourself or uh, a guy like uh, Salty? Um, I don't know. I I don't know. I I think I I think I could uh, get a bike better, uh, back together faster than him. But uh, he he's a good he's a good mechanic. Uh, he he helps out a lot. So Love um, it. I I think I think he's a better uh, mentor than uh, mechanic. But that's that's why he's helping me out. He's Fair uh, enough. He, he's the one that picks my gate going uh going up the race. Uh, He's just—he's got a lot of advice and a lot of stuff to say. Okay, so so when it comes to the bad starts, we actually blame—we blame Lockhart, not you. Yep, and uh, and then he's done—he's a couple of truck challenges, and like um, he's like, oh, if you let me on the bike, I will get you to the second corner. You can hop <laughs> on and still be, and then he loses <laughs> the the shift hole shot challenge at Walton. Perfect. So I, uh, yeah. I got to bug him about that. No kidding. Well, I, I, I think uh, he, he, he's, he's full of wild ideas. But honestly, I think with, with his maturity and experience with the Canadian National Series, I don't think you could find somebody that's better suited to, to aid you along. Um, and, and he is that kind of voice of reason uh, and, and, and really helpful. Um, like if, you, if you can remember, like what are some moments that you can think of over the last two years where where uh, Lockhart is really sort of like taking you aside and be like, hey, hey man, like this is how it needs to be done, and, and things that were not only helpful but very impactful for you. Um, honestly, there's been a couple times like uh, in the mud last year at Walton. Uh, he just gave me a couple lines, but just uh, just how to be easy on the bike. Just a uh, couple couple motos here and there that uh, he helps me out a lot. I love that. How often does he bring up his single moto win? Uh, what? Sorry. Like he he has a Canadian moto win of of which now you have more of those than he does. Um, like how often does he bring those up? And then now, how often do you bring up to him that you now have more um more na- like moto national wins of course I, I i believe his was in the 250 like the the 450 class the mx1 class but uh um as far as moto wins uh, if i'm not mistaken you have bested him um yeah i'm not sure i, I, don't, I don't think we've ever talked about that really that's that that is shocking because actually uh i had him on the podcast i've had him multiple times but we actually we basically watched his race on youtube that he won and he basically did a little bit of a commentary over top of it it's a a big topic of conversation so um this like take us through your summer preparing for it um at one point you i don't know if this was last year or this year but you turn two tabletops at transcanada motorsports into a double uh, that is ridiculous. I'm, I guess that must have been last year. But uh, take us through yeah, like that, the progression yeah, of being an an uh, still an amateur for all intents and purposes, still racing as an intermediate racer, uh, but putting the black number plates on the bike and uh, and really putting your best foot forward on a season that um, obviously you you probably at the end probably have to be a little bit disappointed that you weren't able to get the job done, but step in the right direction of of having a red plate. Uh, like both uh, yourself and the number 18 south of the border both had uh, the red plates. Uh, I think that was pretty cool at one point. Um, take us through the summer. Just tell us about it, man. Yeah, no. So 
got an office summer. I was uh, got back to go for and uh, there was actually an eight, first first race of the first race of the summer uh, was a, a reloaded ammo or ammo event. So it was just kind of like the local series, and uh, I did good in the first photo. And then my second moto, I came out of the gate, up bars with uh, some somebody, and uh, halfway down the straightaway, I hit his rear tire, and I crashed, and I had a, I, I had a concussion, uh, and that was two weeks before the first round. And then first round, I came out, I came from, I think 11th, and I and I won the first moto, and that was my first uh, national win. And then um, I think I finished uh, either third or second overall for those two rounds. And then Gopher, I had the red plate. After, well, actually on Friday, I got my first, first hole shot I in the pro class. And then I won that photo. Then I got the red plate for the next day at Gopher. And, uh, I got a okay start. I think I was like fifth and, uh, I, uh, super foggy out. It was like almost raining, just spitting a little bit. So it's like the hardest on the goggles. So I took my goggles off cause they fogged up and then I got a bunch of sand in my eyes. I ended up crashing and then I ended up second in that moto. And then, uh, the next, we had in my eyes and they're just super scratched. I think I ended up sixth or seventh in that one. And then um, on Sandali, I was feeling good. Got there, uh, got an okay start. Went to uh, the end of the lead, and then he would be at the moto, and then uh, second moto. So the first again. And then Marco Canelo was coming up on me and ended up, ended up having a pretty gnarly crash and took him out for that the weekend and the next week. So uh kind of kind of turned out my favor for him crashing. Sucks to see that happen, but um, I was running out of steam at the end there. And then uh, going to DeChambeau, uh, it, was, uh, it was really tricky for me. The dirt looks really, really dry there off the start, but it's really, really cracky. So I was just struggling with my starts all weekend and keeping the down. But uh, I think I went, uh, like, I think I got fourth there on the first weekend, or the first day, and then the second day I got second. And uh, I don't think, I don't, I can't remember if I had the red plate there or not. And then uh, going back to Walton, um, had uh, there was a two-point gap between me and Piccolo. Then there was four or something in between me and Sanai. And then there was six in between me, or Sanai and Tanner. And then uh, came out of the gate first model. I and hit a hay bale. And then uh, just had to work my way up there, but the track was kind of 
it wasn't it wasn't shitty. It was just a little dry, and they didn't till it as deep as they normally do. So it was like just super fast, super hard to pass. So I couldn't make my way up there. And then uh, second moto, I got a good start and got in second, and just couldn't make it happen to make the pass. Definitely faster. Just this track was super hard to pass on. I love it. And man. Uh, yeah, that was that was my season. There you go. Great season, by the way. And honestly, like I, we talked about it with some friends here, or sort of just like bench racing. It's amazing that we're we're not, we're actually we're talking about you, kid. That like um, that we watched grow up, and now you're on the national stage, winning motos and, and competing for championships. But I, one guy, uh, he mentioned like oh, you must be feeling some pressure. And honestly, I, I think the opposite. Like maybe you can disagree with me, or you can straight straighten me out. But um, like. The season that you had, I don't think it was really planned that way. Like I, I think that um, obviously you never planned to, to like you, you want to win races and, and challenge for championships every time you go out there. But as a, essentially still an intermediate, and for the most part, like like still kind of like getting your feet wet as a pro, this that and the other thing, like some top fives and a podium would have been it would still would have been an awesome summer. But the fact that you held the points lead, led motos, uh, won nationals, um, like that—that's huge, and, and that must have taken a lot of pressure off of you, knowing that uh, uh, regardless of how it really ended, you—you—you you, you really did put your best best foot forward, and uh, um, and, and a lot of positives can be pulled away. And uh, that Piccolo kid kind of came out of nowhere and uh, snatched up that championship. Yeah, no, it's. Uh... It is a really good. Uh, just got to get a better at a couple things. Just got to be a little bit more consistent. Had a couple, couple of those top points hurt me a little bit in points, but it was still a really good season. It's stronger next year. And uh, Piccolo, um, he he was strong all year. Like he, one thing I'm not really that good at is starts, and he is good at starts he has a fast bike syndrome and he just put himself in the proper position off the start where sometimes i didn't in the a good position off the start yeah honestly like like uh, on if you you put yourself in the back of the pack that's where bad things happen and, and especially with what i've noticed with canadian moto is is the you with not having uh, a crazy deep field but things get spread out really quickly and like if you're not in that top five in the in the first couple of laps, those guys can really gap themselves on you, and then it, it becomes very difficult to sort of pick off one every couple of laps or so to speak, because you can't just sort of like go through them that way. You know what I mean? Like um, I've seen a number of races where uh, the the field sort of settles itself out, and at the 15 minute mark, like everyone's got about a three or four second lead on each other. And it's very difficult to make up that kind of time when, like, you just, like, you're not, if you're in the top five, you're not going to go four seconds a lot faster than the guy in front of you. That's just not how that works. Um, so it, it definitely uh, would help to uh, to improve uh, on some, uh, on, on the starting technique in this, that, and other thing. But that'll come for you as well. Um, 
But if you had, so if you had to put a letter grade on uh, on your summer, uh, how you feel about it, you look back on it and and and, uh, and give yourself an overall impression. What would what would you say for you as far as uh, uh, your impression of your own results this last year? Uh, I don't know. To be honest, like it's it's tough to uh, agree on it. Like I feel like every time I went out there, I tried my hardest. Things didn't just work. Out. Things didn't work out sometimes, but uh, I every time I was on the track, I tried my hardest, and that's uh, all that matters. Absolutely, and you you put your best foot forward, and I I think you should be really really proud of uh, uh, of your efforts, man. Especially doing uh, doing the province proud. So what what does uh, what does the future hold? For one young rider, McNabb, uh, head head to toe. Like first of all, that, let's, we're not even going to go there first. First of all, we're going to talk about the fact that essentially you ride for like factory Honda in Canada. Uh, best looking bikes on the track. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. They always look the best. Have for the last four or five years. Maybe a little bit in the mid 2000s, rivaled by the leading edge Kawasaki guys or whatever they're called now. Um, and then, but like head to toe, Fox. That the aspiring brand. I know you wore Fox for a long period of time growing up, uh, loving that brand. Uh, and then on the, the the Oakley goggles, like if like maybe five years ago, if you were like, this is where I want to be. Like like five years ago, you weren't on Hondas. You I don't know if you were on. I think you were on Fox guy, but that by at that time. But even still, like a lot of things you've, you're checking off a lot of boxes as far as like, I want to be this, I want to be that. And I want to have the sickest gear head to toe, uh, with, uh, like a being a, a Fox athlete. Like, uh, you're even a different generation than me, but even you would grow up, uh, looking up to guys like Adam C and Cirillo and, and, uh, uh, Ken Roxon, I imagine maybe even Ryan Dungey as well. Uh, especially considering you were a KTM kid. Um, like, Tell tell me a little bit about just being on that team, being a Fox athlete, and just uh, being being a sixteen year old kid. Or I guess are you seventeen now? No, I'm sixteen. I just I just turned sixteen on twenty eight. Good lord, uh, you're literally half my age. That that upsets me. Um, happy happy belated birthday, by the way. But like, take me. Like, what's that like? What's but like being sixteen and like literally like. Like as far as Canadian moto is considered, having it all. Yeah, no, for sure. It's uh, it's pretty crazy to think that I'm I was 15 all year, and I'm racing against guys that are 21, 22. I think I think Piccolo's 18 or 19. I'm not really sure, but being the youngest one out there that's in the top five and having fastest lap time most of the time feel really good fox gear definitely the sickest year of the track for sure always they always have us dialed in got the best kits and bikes always look cool and uh on i haven't we haven't got to do normally we do like uh so for like say gopher because it's our home track normally we do like a a retro edition, but uh, last two years we haven't been able to do that. So maybe next year we'll be able to do that. Fair enough. I I, I think if you guys do end up doing that, I think you got to find like a 2007 CR 250 deckled up, like uh, like like maybe like a like an RC replica or something like that. And and I I, I yeah, think that, that, like, that yeah, needs that to happen. Good. 
Like I'm just putting it, I'm putting yeah. an idea in your head right now for one year from today, there's a photo shoot that happens with, with, with that. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a strong look. My, my team owner, uh, Derek Schuster actually has, I don't know what year it is, but he has a CR 252 stroke that he is doing a build on. And he, the thing is super, super sweet. Got, he's got like powder coat or Cerakoted forks. And then it's got the, it's got, I think blue, uh, lowers on it. It is going to be sweet. Oh man. Uh, yeah. That, uh, get, get some fresh plastics on there. The 18, maybe, uh, Oh yeah, that would be, uh, that would be something special. Um, but uh, yeah, like, I, let, let's uh, like that is definitely in the future. But what's in the future for you as far as uh, the, the rest of this season is considered, and, and working towards some goals that way, and, and putting yourself into the best position to, to to improve on what you did this last summer? Oh uh, no, for sure. Uh, I think I'm going to. Uh, I think I'm going to go do a couple races uh, in the states uh, pretty soon here. Um, there's one on the 15th and then there's one in the, on the 28th, I think, uh, I think I'm going to do like the Calcific and, uh, do, um, NEOs and stuff like that. I'm just, I'm just trying to get my name out there in the States because, uh, I think that's definitely the ultimate goal is to be racing in the States at that, at that top level with like the guy that won the 250 championship, uh, Jet Lawrence, the, he, I got to train with him last winner which was super super awesome and i think that definitely helped me out so i'm definitely going to try and get back there this year and uh just keep moving forward uh, i love to hear that what's the chance ability that uh we get either a video or a photo shoot of any possibility of you going back to dream tracks shout out to luke reslin uh dreamland one of the most beautiful, picturesque, massive jumps. You going absolutely upside down, sideways, and backwards uh, on those on those huge jumps. Heading back there and doing some photos because uh, uh, you had me straight up peanut butter and jealous about going to there and, and, and riding the way you did. That that place is a special place. Any chance you going back there? Um, yeah, for sure. Like there, it's, I think it's an hour and a half from where I am or two hours from where I am, uh, at, uh, in Center Hill. So it's not that far. And I'd love to go back there. It's a fun track just to go and play around on and have some fun. So yeah, maybe. Uh, and last, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think that was 2019 that I went there. It was my first couple months on the bike. So I wasn't like super comfortable on it, but I think I could definitely go bigger this time. No kidding. Uh, it blows my mind that you were uh, 14 uh, at that time, maybe even just like like 14 or maybe even 13 at the time doing that. Uh, just shake my head at you sometimes uh, with your, your skills on two wheels. Of course, I guess I was on a I was on a big bike at, at 13 too. So, uh, you, and you're not exactly a super uh, super tall kid, but. Um, 
this has been a pleasure, man. We're going to have to have you on this podcast uh, again and, and possibly in person as well sometime uh, to sort of uh, to, to kind of get to know you a little bit better. Uh, I really appreciate you making some time, pulling over the side of the road and uh, giving us some time here on the Big MX Radio podcast. Uh, I know you've got a ton of great sponsors to thank, uh, a list of people probably not in front of you, so you might forget a few, but they love you all the same. Uh, just run down a few of your, your, your main supporters, including those amazing parents of yours who have uh, done such a great job uh, making you what you are right today. Yeah, for sure. I got the, the whole GDR Fox Racing Canada team. Everybody under there is amazing. Derek, Carrie, Justin, Braden, uh, my mechanic, Moose. Uh, Cannon's mechanic helps out a lot. Um, just everybody under there helps out so much. That's how we get through the weekend. Uh, I got uh, Al's uh, Excavating, uh, Peter Saving, um, Atlas Brace, Oakley, uh, my mom and dad, Grandma and Grandpa, just everybody else. Thank you so much. That's awesome, man. Uh, great to hear it. Uh, great to talk to you. Let's, uh, let's do this again sometime soon. Um, but do not hang up just yet. But for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off. Right there.